we've been talking about access. Your access betrays you. And we touched on some things, and let me just share with you right from the beginning. I'm going to want to touch on the bullet points from last week. I'm not re-preaching last week, but I think it's important to understand the foundation as we get into this next part. I think it's huge to have an understanding of how God works. I mean, I remember growing up being beaten over the head in reference of a discipline of doing all the things correctly to try to please God so that God would be present in my life. And that is the most nullifying, petrifying, paralyzing darkness of religion you can come to. When it's all about what I do rather than what he's done, we've missed something. Well, you need to do this because of what he's done. That's not what he's done. And many times, as a result of that, our access <laughs> betrays us. So let's go ahead and get started this morning. We'll start with the text that we've been working from. It says, and again, therefore be careful how you what? Walk. Now again, we took time, we explained that word walk means your lifestyle. Your walk is your lifestyle. And it says, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say that with me. What the will of the Lord is. There's another one. Everybody gets all tripped up on. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. And again, uh, that is don't drown your sorrows in alcohol or anything else along that line for that matter, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. The whole thing that Paul's talking about is, is within that realm, to understand it in a simple fashion, it's to see through the eyes of God and your life is full of praise. When you are filled with the Spirit, from a point of what he's referring to, be filled with the Spirit, speaking, you're, and, and, oh man, I'm going to get off on something here, but Again, to see through the eyes of God, that's what it's about, your life is going to be full of praise. Now, let's just glance through the Amplified because I love the way it puts it. Look carefully then how you walk. Explanation point. And, and, and live purposefully not and, and worthily and accurately, purposefully, worthily. Accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. 
speak out to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments, making melody with all your heart to the Lord at all times and for everything giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Put it in a nutshell. Your lifestyle, he said, is to be filled with praise and thanks to God because that is wisdom. You want to know what wisdom is? It's a lifestyle that's filled with praise and thanks. Now, that overwhelms some people right from the beginning because there's not an understanding here. So, so again, what is praise? What is praise? If you remember from last week, praise, giving thanks, is a bloodless offering. You have all the other offerings that were done as a result of a blood offering. This one in there is a bloodless offering. That offering that you... Again, Hebrews 13, you can see it right there. Through him then, let us continue to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Most people have thought that a sacrifice of praise is what? Praising when you don't feel like it. You don't got to work yourself up to praising God. Then you'll feel better. Well, you know, if that kind of thing works for you, that's great, but it's more of a psychological thing than a reality of what we're talking about because to, to, and let the, the, the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. Remember, when you give thanks, it's not talking about what God has done for you. It is talking about Him. When you give, Pastor Jesus, for this food before us, I do that all the time. Nothing wrong with that. But I want you to understand that what you, what you are doing when you give thanks, it's, it's not talking about what God has done for you. It's talking about Him. So when I'm giving thanks to God for the food, I'm not thanking Him for what He's done for about what he's, he's done for me. I'm thanking him because he is. He's the provider. He's the sustenance. He's the life. Now, now we talked through something last week in, in dealing with culture in biblical days and, and that in those ages, even before the time of Abraham and Isaac, how the pagans offered their firstborn as a sacrifice to God. The idea was they were to br- they would bring their best. They would bring their homage. So it was the first child. They're, they're trying to, the, the hope that God would be pleased with them and then would act on their behalf, uh, that he would be for them. So you can take a look at Abraham and Isaac. When God said to take Isaac and sacrifice him, sacrifice him you remember that Ur of the Chaldees was a, a, it was a pinnacle, if you will, in reference of pagan worship with the moon gods and the star gods and so forth and so on. It, it, was, it was crazy. So Abraham was raised with the idea and the understanding and it was accepted. He didn't shed a tear at that time. Your firstborn was offered as a sacrifice to please the gods. And so when God said to Abraham, sacrifice your son, he didn't bat an eye. He just gathers Isaac up and loads up the stuff and heads out to a mount called what? Moriah, where Jesus would later be crucified. And again, 
understand, Isaac was no kid. He wasn't, you know, 10 or 12, 14 or 16. He's between 20 and 30 years of age. Do you remember how old Abraham was when he gave birth? Well, he didn't give birth. But when Sarah gave birth to, to Isaac, well, they were both pretty, you know, gnarly in age. Because Sarah's 90 and, and Abraham's 100. So Abraham about this time is going to be a minimum of 120 years old. I think a 20 or 30-year-old could have taken what he took. But he doesn't. Isaac submits himself to being roped up and placed on that altar. Abraham holds back. What's going on? Because Abraham understood this was the way it was. The land that he comes from, this is what you did. This was the old mindset of thinking. And that's when God stops him. And he says, now, Abraham, do you get this? This is not the way I work. This is not the way I do things. This is not because all the sacrifices of the Old Testament were God's gift to the people, not the people's gift to God. So, so, so understand as, as, as we get into this, God's saying to Abraham, that's the way you have, that's not who I am. You don't have to please God. God's pleasure is to give himself to you. Oh, man, I've seen the most miserable of believers and Christians in my lifetime. And I'd be one of them at the time. And what happens is you become dead inside on top of it. You're all about form. You're all about, oh, man, I can, I can just talk about this forever. You're dead inside. There's no moving of the spirit. There's moving of intellect, but there's no move of the spirit. And as we're trying to please God, we're, we're, we're giving him this, we're doing this for that, and everything. we're sacrificing to him in order to, to please him, to get him to like us, to get him to bless us, to get him to work things out for us, all these things. Look, God said, I am the only sacrifice. I provide myself. So what... I wanted to make sure you understood last week is that the very idea that sneaks into your head that I've got to do something to make God be for me. When you deal with understanding that God is the only sacrifice, that he provides himself for us, that we don't have to please God. When you know and, and walk in a lifestyle of praise, the very idea that sneaks into your head that you've got to do something to make God for you is crucified when you offer praise. Crucified. We want, we want God to do something, man. We need God in this situation. We need God to, to break through and handle this thing. We need God to do something so desperately. And so we come up with our promises and our pledges and, and all these other things that we're going to do for God or not do anymore or try to be something that we know we're not. And we're going to struggle to make it right. So God gets confused. So we offer him our best. We sacrifice our best. God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I offer myself. Then Paul makes this, this shift in Romans 1. And it says that, that although they knew and recognized him as God, in verse 21, 
they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. Can you hear me real clearly? Can I have your eyes up here for a second? You're looking at me? Hello? Here I am. Hi, Chris. Here I am. Gotcha. When sin enters, you stop being thankful. That is, thankful for who God is. Can you hear me now? We said it last week. I'm not going to skip over it so lightly, but I'm going to say it again. When sin enters, what is sin? You talking about your actions? No. We haven't said this for a long time. Sin is not an action. It's what? A condition. Do you get that? Your condition produces what is known as sin because sin is separation from God. You act in your own abilities. You act in your own strength. You do your own thing. All these things are separation from God. We're doing them without Him. We're living without Him. We're, oh man, we're existing. We're handling it, whatever you want to call it. But friend, I got news for you. When that happens... You no longer are giving thanks to God for who He is because you're too caught up with who you are. That's not you know it's not in Scripture. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, and, and let me let me just go on because the truth of the matter is, being thankful, this this lifestyle of praise, is a response. When you're not giving thanks to who God is. You're not responding in a lifestyle of praise or thanksgiving because praise and thanksgiving is being thankful for who he is. And so many believers don't know who he is. They know about him, but they don't know him. They remember all the stories in, 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 in Sunday school. They've, they've learned all the lessons. They've heard all the about Samson and, and, and Moses and the waters parting and and David and Goliath and all these stories that come up through and then Jesus and, and crucifixion and resurrection and all the stuff, but they don't know him. Thanksgiving is not focused on him. I'm sorry, Thanksgiving is, is focused on him not on the gifts that he pours upon us. I can't even read my own handwriting now. Thanksgiving, blessings, are that which are focused on him. We don't, we, we can't, you know why we can't do that? Because we don't know him. So we come up with names we've learned, but we don't know how to thank him and praise him because we don't know him though we know about him. And so we develop formulas. We develop sort of speeches. Or, 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 and we don't do them for only for so long because after a while, what difference does it make? Thanksgiving is focused on him. Do I know who he is? Do I understand who he is? I don't, you don't have to be a, 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 a whiz in, in, in theology and know all the books of the Bible and the verses and have everything. You, no, that's where being Filled with the Spirit is wisdom. Walking that lifestyle as, <clears throat> ah, 
hope no preacher is the one who ever teaches you as much as the Holy Spirit teaches you. And there is a huge difference. Okay, I need to go on. Because in in understanding this, I'm talking about praise that revels in God, who is infinitely holy. Do Do you get that? Praise that revels in him because he's infinitely holy. Look, thanksgiving and praise is a surrender to him. I thank him for who he is. I don't necessarily know all that he is. Even still to this day, he shows me at different times, different things. I was sitting out in the back, back, back door, yeah. Back door, you ever hear of a back door? We call it a back deck is what we call it. I sit down on the back deck, <laughs> just just some time alone with, and, and and you know, you know those like hospices. I love them without the big screen, right? And all those flowers come out, and then they die real quick. And all you got is this shit hanging out. You got to go around and snip them all off. That takes forever. My back kills me. So here I am. I'm being unthankful, right? And I'm looking at those things. The next thing I see is thank you. Not even realizing I'm there, that I just did that. And I look at my face. That's thank you. Now, I'm just giving a simple example, but I'm talking about walk with God. I thank him for who he is. So understand, instead of searching for something I have to do to make sure that God's on my side, Like I said, and I'll just point it out for you. Our lives have an accent, right? Uh, Now, I don't mean my speech, right? What what I'm saying is I've I've run into plenty of Paisa who have have that drawl, California drawl, Diane, you know, or, you know, that that speak that over the pond kind of, right, and talk, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm not talking about speech. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way we live. And I say that because the way we respond in the smallest details, because honestly, that's where the big things show up. It's about the way we respond in the smallest things. Whether I, I burn the food or, or, or I, I kick my toe on the end of the table or I have somebody cut me off while I'm driving or or, you know, you can come up with all sorts, or, or so-and-so didn't, didn't look at you, or you didn't get greeted by somebody, or somebody didn't smile at you, or whatever. You know, I'll say it again. In the smallest details, how we respond, because that's where the big things show up. It doesn't matter what we say. You know, when they, the, the, the individuals I talk to that have that southern drawl, you know, it, it doesn't matter what they say. The accent comes through. That's why we had that portion of scripture in, in Peter, or in, in, in Matthew 26 there. It says, after a little while, the bystander came up and said to Peter, you're certainly one of them, for even your accent betrays you. Oh, I love it. Your accent betrays you. 
We have an access. You have it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you got an access. I didn't say a sense. I said an access. <laughs> Can't believe I said that. Here's the point. The reality is we're not aware of our access. And I'm going to, I'm, I want to point out two things here. Either we are living with the accent of law, which is paganism. I'll explain more about that. Or we're living with the accent of the spirit, which is freedom, which is praise. And I'll say it again. We don't realize it. It's just the way we talk about things. Your speech, your accent betrays you. A person walks through your life. And by the time they go through your, by the time they, they, they leave, you feel, you know, well, let's just say you feel something called depression. They're complaining about everything. And you feel that darkness. Your speech betrays you. You're angry with God. He should have done a better job than what he did. Your speech betrays you. I mean, if God is good, it means that whatever this day is handing us, God is good. It means that God is for me. It means that God is with me. I, I don't feel it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it because, well, the day's pretty bad, right? And it's, 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 it's pressuring me. But I begin to speak praise. Again, it, it's, it's for who he is. Not, not what he's doing or hasn't done or done or anything. I praise him for who he is. And it begins in my thoughts where I'm thinking about today. I respond with God is good. And he comes out of our lips in the way that we talk about it, which makes it spontaneous, and we don't realize what we're doing. Listen, listen, listen. The thankless prayer is always centered on the problem. The thankless prayer is always centered on the problem. I don't know about you, but I remember some good old prayer meetings back in the day, right? Which was a recitation of everything that's wrong. Please pray for brother so-and-so. He's got this problem, you know. Oh, oh, you haven't heard? <laughs> well, let me tell you. You know, and, and it turns into nothing more than a gossip meeting, not a prayer meeting. Look, that's not prayer. Prayer does not focus on the problem. Hello, hello. Prayer does not focus on the problem. Prayer doesn't focus on the poverty that we don't have. No. Thankfulness is that we address the problem with almost, I would say, a non-save. Because he knows what it is. But we're speaking to him who is the wealth and love, who is the power and the totality of all the answers I need. They are present in him and he hears. <laughs> Again, God has given himself to us in 
So we give thanks. Now, let me get into this because we just mentioned a little bit ago, according to what we've read here, knowing that the will of the Lord is. What the will of the Lord? All this talk about being wise and not foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Because understanding, this is the canvas of which this is painted. The will of God, that, 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 I love to watch people with this, honestly. It, it almost becomes an obsession for so many people that they've got to know what the will of God is. Got to know what the will of God is. Got to know what the will of God is. Please, the will of God that they're talking about, you, you know what I'm talking about? Well, oh, oh, there's a place that I should be. And I need to know the will of God on this. Oh, okay, should, should I have this job or should I have another job? Should I be going here or should I be going there? Should I be involved in this or should I? I just don't feel it's the will of God. You just don't want to do it. Look, have you ever prayed and said, should I do this? And God says, well, if you want to, sure. Looking at me like deer in headlights. 28 years ago, yes, 28, which we're working on the 29th, when I was in a church called East Liverpool and I received a phone call. I wasn't looking to go up there, but they contacted me and asked if I could. And that got me excited because this was my church when I was a kid. I was a terror in this church. Look, when the pastor's wife tells her son, you're not allowed to sit with that bedsheet over there. But, but, but here's the thing. I'm like, oh, God, what should I do? Should I, should I go ahead and, and pursue Ravenna, or should I stay here in East Liverpool? God, what's your will? I love God sometimes. He just, what do you want to do? I'll bless you in whatever you choose. Try and make it through mine on that advice, right? So much easier for God to say, go here. Oh, yeah. And then, look. We're not robots, correct? We, We haven't been programmed. We're not animals with instinct. Ladies, despite what you might think of your husband, they're not animals with instinct. We are made in the image of God. But the will of God is right here. I I want you to get this. it's, It's the will of God that I'm here talking to you this morning. And it's the will of God that you're here listening. I hope you're listening. And it's the will of God when you go, for example, to lunch today and you begin to talk. You are in the will of God. The will of God is a now. It's a now. We live now in this moment. And so in this moment, and that's what we don't want to face sometimes is the moment we're in. It's easier to say that, you know, God called me to Timbuktu. So for the next six months, you know, I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going on the will of God, and, and who cares about Ravenna? Who cares about Kent or, or Garrettsville or any of these places? You know, I'm going to Timbuktu. You see, the fact is, whether you're in Timbuktu or here, the will of God is minute by minute by minute by minute. Do you hear that? What I'm now facing, do you hear that? What I'm now facing, and these verses we've read say, I, I face this moment with thankfulness and praise because that's the will of God. Not wondering what I'm going to do, how I'm going to handle it, all these No! That's the will of God. How many are so miserable? I've met, I've met missionaries and preachers and everything else, and, the, and they're as miserable as the day is long because they thought that, you know, because th that's what their dad did or that's who so-and-so did, that that was the will of God for them. And they're not, and, 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 and so they get into it and they become the most, do you realize that now that I'm reaching retirement, 90% of the ministers I started out in ministry with have left the ministry. 90%. There's only 10% of us left. What does that tell you? I know what it tells me. I want you to understand that the will of God is here. It's facing me right now. It's connecting. It's talking. It's praying for each other in this room. And, and, and honestly, that's the will of God right now. It, it's where, whatever you do. That's the will of God right now. To be a person that is continually, and, and there's a silence to this, because uh, I, don't, I don't want you to be at your, your desk or at your machine or, or someplace and, and you, you, you know, praise God, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. You know, that's going to disturb some people just like I just disturbed you. However, being there, rising up within you, there's a silent praise to God in everything and every person that you face. The love of God is right here. And right here. It's in me. It's in you. It's ahead of us. It's behind us. And I'm here to give that to you. That, that's my point. So, so understand, when I face temptation, when we're drawing upon our own will, and we say, I'm not going to do, I, I, I'm not going to do this, God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, no, God, I, I promise you, God, I promise you, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, and I, can, can I say, ignore that, because that's the flesh. We confess, rather, with great joy, our absolute weakness, which we seem to be ashamed of, but the scripture bears. We confess our weakness and we take to ourselves what is ours. It's called the mind of Christ. And in those moments, it's, it's a blessed insanity. Oh, yes, it is. Here I am being faced with something that my flesh would respond to, and I, I ignore it, and I with joy confess my weakness and trust that in this moment, this incredible God is giving himself to me. 
to be my strength. Can you settle in on that for a minute? Okay, I don't know how long it's been on there, but here I am being faced with something that my flesh would respond to, and I ignore it. And with joy confess, man, I can never do it. I can't do this. And trust. What the flesh wants to do is take is take my, my pathetic strength, right, and offer it to God and say, I, I promise you, God, I won't do this again. I, I won't do that. I promise you, God. You know what you're doing? It's called sacrifice. What we're giving, I mean, we're giving our flesh, and that's a pagan sacrifice. We settle into our weakness, and we take from God who is ever giving himself to us. That is, we say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hello? We say, in my weakness is my strength. God's strength is made perfect. Are you following me? It changes everything. And I say that because, do you remember what David said? We talked about this a few weeks ago. He said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. When the day comes when I'm afraid, I've already got it settled. I'm going to trust in you. I will not retreat into my flesh to say, we're going to handle this. We can handle this. We can do this. When I'm afraid, hey, I'm afraid. I don't know about you, but I get afraid. Hello? I, I don't have a problem with that because I'm a weak human myself. But I will retreat into saying, I will trust in you. That's a true, that's the way to do it. How about the classic? When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, for you, for you are with me or for me, as the matter of phrase. Now that means, he said, if the day... If I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I've already got it settled. I've already got it made up. I know what I'm going to say. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Look, I'm not talking theory here, okay? Giving praise to God actually changes the structure of the spirit world. It also changes the quantum world and all human actions. Oh, man. <laughs> what is this story about? Okay. Well, what I'm saying is very simple. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'll wrap it up. You, you know I'm struggling. So if I go for an hour longer, are you going to fire me? Or retire me. See, here's here's the issue. I, I'm, I'm going to share this with you, and if you don't mind, we'll do the emblem this next week. Is that okay with you? 
There's a story, I know you all know it. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I, I think the most amazing story in the Old Testament. It's about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. Say that with me, Jehoshaphat. Now, understand the background of the story. He's left in Jerusalem with only a few of his army. His army was elsewhere. He gets news that there are some spies that are all his worst enemies. And they had decided to make a pact between themselves and focus on Jehoshaphat. So all his worst enemies are coming toward him. But they're coming in a way that was actually impossible. If you read 2 Chronicles 20 there, they, they were coming by the, the way of cliff. And if you look at the geography of Israel, and, and you'll notice that the cliffs were, were literally next to impossible to scale. No one ever went that way. As a result, you, you'd never bother to defend yourself from that direction. It was impossible for anybody to come up. Well, all their enemies had come, and they had found a way to climb those cliffs. So they're coming at Jehoshaphat, and he doesn't even know it, except for the one person who told him. It says, when he got the message, he was afraid. <laughs> I like that. Because I can feel better now, right? He's a real man. So what does he do with his fear? What, what, does, what does, I mean, what he does is he, he calls the people together. And so they all come to Jerusalem, and it says there were mothers and there were children, and, and they're all looking at the king, and, and they're all looking at him going, what do we do? These guys are coming, you know, and, and, the, and they're murderers and they're thugs and they're not coming to make a peace treaty with us. They're coming to wipe us off the face of the earth. <laughs> what do we do? And the king's going, yeah, what do we do? How many know when your king says, what do we do? That's not good. And it's one of the greatest, what he does is, is he prays. And in my book, it's one of the greatest prayers in the Old Testament. It's where he declares the covenant of Abraham. And he declares the isness of God in this moment. And he ends it by saying, we do not know what to do. Now, isn't that a great way to end a prayer? Don't know what to do. We're stumped. I don't know what. But our eyes. That's the essence of thanks to God. That's praise. I don't know what to do, and I'm not telling you what to do. Ooh. But my eyes are upon you, and I expect you to lead and guide me. Did you hear all that? I don't know what to do, and I'm not telling you what to do, oh, but my eyes are upon you, and I expect you to lead and guide me. That, 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 that changes things. We, we don't know what to do, but because you are the kind of God you are, I know you are for us, and I know you are with us, and I know that you are, look, look, the song, the song, the song, 
He prayed that. And after he prayed, there came a word from the Lord through the prophet, if you remember. And he quoted from Deuteronomy chapter 20, which says, relax. The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. That is, hear this, I require nothing from you. Just simmer down. It's okay. I've got this. The battle is the Lord's. Do you realize what's going on here? The Lord is giving himself to you as your protection. Look, he's giving himself to you as your shield. Now relax. Do you realize that if Jehoshaphat had been a pagan king like all the other nations around him, he would have sacrificed his firstborn son. This is a crisis. I mean, I need help. I need help. Kill my son. Make the gods pleased with me. We don't get this because we think of Jehoshaphat as someone that would go to some prayer meetings and what have you. But no, friend, understand something. He's in the middle of that pagan darkness. He doesn't sacrifice his son. He looks at God and he said, I know you're with us and I know you're handling this. That's praise. I'll say it again. That's praise to the point, and again, we miss it, we, we just read right through it, boom, it doesn't make any sense, we just slide right over it, it says, they went to sleep that night. Now can, or could you sleep if you knew that every enemy you had in your life had made a pact together to come and get you? Some of you can't sleep because you got that, that 90 miles an hour going in your mind about all your troubles, all your problems. You, you've got financial situation, family situation, relationship issues, job issues, all this stuff. What are you going to do here? This falls apart over there. I don't have the money. Two o'clock in the morning. Hi. These guys went to sleep. saying, okay, he's looking after us. See you in the morning. Have a good night. <laughs> Listen, I believe that in Jerusalem that night, that every snore was an act of thanksgiving to God. What am I saying? Ladies, don't bother your husbands tonight. As he snores, realize he's praising God. Look, somebody help me. These people get up in the morning, and the Lord says, now, you go and face them. I'm going to give, I, I'm going to do this. This is my battle, but I, I want to involve you in some way, okay? So how, how are you going to go? Well, seeing it isn't our battle, put the worship team of the temple in front. Yeah, and, and they began to sing praise to God, speaking specifically that God is the God of covenant and of loving kindness, and he is with us. 
Now, let's be honest. That's, that's easy to say until you're one of the team members of the worship team. <laughs> then it's a different story. It's saying that placing the Levi, these, the worship team, in front of the army, and the first thing they had to do and continue to do was give praise to God. That indicates it meant that the belief system that they operated under was that, oh, I hope you get this. Praise is the most powerful weapon in the universe. Oh, if you don't get nothing else, get that. Uh, and quit, quit, quit buying into the enemy's lie and looking at yourself and all your problems and all your mistakes and figuring on the fact that God can't do anything because of this and your life and that. And oh, oh, let me just say that again. That's nothing to do with you. Get past your old bad self and begin to praise him and, and praising for who he is, not for anything he's done or is going to do. It, it is praise is the most powerful weapon in the universe. It controls the spirituals. It controls the, the physical. We'll get to it in a minute. I believe that although God said, this is my battle, he wanted them in the place, which is the only place we can take. All I can do is give him thanks. All I can do is praise. He is going to, to be himself. He's going to give himself to us. I can't help you with that. So why do I try? You can't add to that. Why try? I mean, he is going. What more can you give? What more can you have? But I can declare into the very atmosphere, into the spirit world, this is who he is. It's, it's like, do you know what that is? That, that's like, no! It's a foot stomping. Boy, some of you are old enough to remember the old foot stomping preachers, right? They'd be up there all over the platform, and they'd be pounding it down like this and everything else. And in about 10 years, their knees went, and they were just, you know. But that's exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's foot uh, This is who God is. Uh, that is the way it's going to be. I don't care what you're saying to me. I don't care what you're coming at. It's not what I want him to do, but him giving himself to us. Boom. Atmosphere, spiritual. My praise to God in the darkness says enough is enough. Am I yelling? Okay. He is with us. For us, not against us. It says in Chronicles 20 there that they went out and they sang. They gave thanks to the Lord, his loving kindness, his covenant love, his everything. Or That's just the way it's to be. And it says when, I love that, when. When the song of the Lord began, then, when, then, when, then, the whole host that was coming 
toward them fell into disarray. That huge army, that enemy, fell into disarray. I mean, none of them liked each other, right? But they made this pact in order to get Jehoshaphat. And suddenly, when? When? And it wasn't that these guys over here could hear. They, they couldn't. No, uh-uh. The, the army of worship leaders is over here in Jerusalem, and they were way over here off the cliffs. They, they didn't hear that. But, he says, the moment the song of the Lord began, when? Then the whole army fell apart over there. They begin to remember, I don't like, I hate him. I should just do him in. And they get confused as to who is who. The armies are coming against Jehoshaphat are now fighting each other. Praise, giving thanks to God, I say it again, had an impact a massive impact upon the thoughts of the people that were there. It caused chaos in the world when the song of the Lord began. Then, I'm not talking about thanking him for something, but thanking him for who he is. I'm going to say something to get me in trouble. That's okay. I'm allowed to get in trouble. I understand the hearts and how we pray, oh God, this country to God, please. God, we, we, we need a revival. God, we need this. God, we need that person out here. God, we need this person in there. God, we are looking to please you know, make things right out there. So we pray the problem. But how much do we give the praise of who he is? You want to change the atmosphere of this country? You want to change the atmosphere of this nation? You want to change what's taking place in this spiritual realm that's coming against things? You want you, you want to you 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 want to know and, and I, I say this because I'm, I'm try, it's not a formula. Please, it's not a formula. But I'm talking about your family, your children. I'm talking about every aspect here. That I'm telling you, when produces then. When you begin to praise him for who he is, period, thank him and praise him for who he is. Listen, there. Praise brought the total collapse, the total disintegration of the darkness. And all they were was this little group of weak, helpless humans who were praising God in the face of their enemy. When they gave thanks to God, they were declaring God's ownership over this situation. God owns this country. God owns your family. God owns your kids. God owns your... He is Lord of everything. 
not some things. And he has ownership. Hmm. They were saying, do you know what they were saying? Enemy, you don't own this. God, who is our God for us? I got more. The most powerful weapon in the universe is prayer. And I pray that you get that. Can't wait till we get to heaven and we don't have time anymore. Uh, Kim, do me a favor. Would you throw up on the screen Matthew 25:28? I'm going to just quote this. I'm not going to preach it. I'm just doing things that God gave me. I want you to look at Matthew 21:15. This is after Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, and you have uh, you have him in Hosanna, high lofty things, son of David, all that stuff. So afterwards, he's in the church, and he's, he's basically, you know, healing people, doing some teaching, so forth and so on. And you got kids in the church. How many know what kids do in the church? They run around. I don't think they had nursery in the temple. But the kids are running around. They're playing. And, and they're all mimicking and shouting the things that the adults had said outside just a little bit ago with, with Hosanna to, to the highest. So, so, so understand, do, do you got that verse of scripture back there? Yeah? No? Oh, there. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, David, they were, they, 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 they're mad. It's a big word. It's a nice word. It's good. Take a look at the next verse. It says in verse 16, uh-oh, then he left them, uh, not the, not the, whoops, can, can we come back? Hold on, I'm having trouble. Verse 16, and said to him, do you hear? What these, referring to the children, are saying. And Jesus said to them, yeah. Have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? <laughs> yes. I mean, what's, he, what's he doing? He's quoting this. That's Bible verse. Is Psalm 8. That's what he's quoting. Psalm 8 and verse 2. Psalm 8 and verse 2. I want you to see this. They're in the King James, but I'll keep them there for right now. But but I want you to see, this is what it actually says in Psalm 8. This is the verse that Jesus is quoting. There's something in here that I want you to hear as I close this this morning. And and so Psalm 8, verse 2. Uh, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained or strength because of your enemies that you may triumph the enemy and you will 
and she went out of the mouths of babes and her teaching since she had obeyed what? Straight. Hebrew. Jesus is using Septuagint. They're both the same word. They both mean straight. And they both mean strength. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying there is strength in praise. Strength in praise. Strength in praise. Where I'm at, Lord, I've got things bugging me. Why not come on in? And you can be at a low place with what the day is handing you, but I'm telling you with everything I have within me, if you can grab this, it changes the thought of others. It changes the atmosphere of nations. That when you where you go. No wonder Paul said, in everything, give thanks. I can take you through Scripture all over the place, but what I'm trying to tell you is, you carry the most powerful weapon in the universe. This is not about some formula, some learning how to do a magic trick, some however you want to do it. Friend, I'm talking about from your heart and out of your lips come the sacrifice of praise. It's not something you learn. It is a lifestyle. It's who you are. And that is wisdom. As you walk in the will of God, which is right now where you are with all that's going on, you praise Him. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It's not something we do. It's who we are. Well, i got to remember to praise him right now because I'm going to put in a worship tape. I know I'm having fun with that, but do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's not an action. It's a condition. And that changes everything. found it through the scriptures. And it's changed me. Am I a perfect man? Yes, I am. You're a perfect man. Of course you are. Can't make mistakes? Of course I can. But am I ever drawn back to who I am? And it's because of who he is. thank you for your word this morning. You're speaking into our hearts and lives. You're saying to us what only you can say to us through your spirit, and it's guiding us and directing us. And in the middle of this right now, 
I expect you to read about it. For us to know your hand and your touch and your presence. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the place of the Lord. Who is, who was, and shall ever be. In the fear of the Lord of hosts. Through Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, going to put it out there. I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads and go through a lot of other stuff. I'm just going to say that somebody or some people are here in this service and there's some things breaking. In fact, you don't see how you can fix it. You're looking at how you can get around them. But you feel the overwhelmingness of life and the darkness that we've been talking about. Maybe you've never put in the words like darkness. That's because there's no light. The absence of light is darkness. And God says, Yeah, well, yeah, you know what you've been feeling inside. You know what's been going on in here. You're saying, I've never heard it before. Well, of course not. The reason I say that is because in a lot of ways, maybe you've tried God, and it hasn't worked. You've tried living for God, and that definitely doesn't work, does it? You try doing all the right stuff, hoping to get God. And what you've heard this morning is that's a pagan sacrifice. When you're trying to please God. 
what the enemy wants you to do. Do you get that? If you're doing what you're doing to get God's approval, boy, you get a good one this one. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy doesn't want you to rest in who he is, to praise him for who he is. The enemy does not want you to know peace that surpasses understanding. He wants you to remain in a place of frustration. Friend, if you're here in this place this morning, I'm not asking you to receive Christ. I'm not asking you to... You know what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you to respond to Him, to His love, to His forgiveness, to respond to Him to surrender to say thank you to say yes to your love in my life you've been with me I've, I've known something going on in me I've been everywhere and right now right now in this moment in time this isn't by chance this is the will of the Lord and now we're talking about responding to it morning, we are called to unity. Now that's a term that I've got to watch and debate on and get straightened out. But I'm telling you, he is all energy. He is all love. He is all strength. He is all in all. And if he comes to you, he gives himself to you. When you respond to him, he's able to give himself to you. And that results in something called the healing of your spirit, which is known salvation. You've been saved. You've been healed. You're not the same person. You're made whole. You're taken out of darkness and put into light. Life changes because of his changes. So friend, in just a moment, if that's you, then right where you're at right now, You respond to him and life life changes. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how to get to him. Welcome to welcome to our world. Ask anyone around here who's responded to Christ. I'll tell you the first thing they did was, Lord, I don't know what to do. But Lord, I thank you again. I just can't help it. You are incredible in so many ways. Redeemer, baptizer, salvation, all those fun terms that we use don't even come close to measuring up to the reality of who you are in this moment. We pray.
thinking about John Bravo with those words to try to describe you and your kingdom and all that you did in Revelations and are doing. But I pray that this morning, for that one who is here, that at this moment of responding, there is a reality in their hearts. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. But their eyes are upon you. Therefore, we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. So, Lord, I pray, may they continue to know healing this day, understanding, direction, assurance, hope, peace, presence, and the promises with us in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to make this as simple as I know how to make it, but friend, if that's you this morning and your heart's responding to that, I want to pray with you. What does that mean? I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks for what God's done in your life with you. I want to share with you in my heart. There's other people that will be here to pray to, to, to talk with you as well. Let me tell you something. God's got some great things in store for you. But the truth of the matter is, it's how we walk. Believer, I know I'm holding you over. Boy, I wish I could get out of here. Yeah, I know. It's the way we walk. My heart doesn't feel that total release. I'm going to release it, but I can tell you right now, I'm struggling because... If there's anything more that I want for you is to get out of your stubborn, stuck ways of living according to your head and know what it means to experience the presence and the leading and guiding of God. He's not done with this house. He's not done with you. He's not done with where things are going. But they're never going to go anywhere while you're led by your own thanks like you've never given thanks before. For great things are in store for those who believe. Friend, you think life is wonderful? You haven't lived life yet. You got no idea what's down the road. I'm not a gloom and doom pastor, but I'll tell you straight up. The only thing that's going to change this country, this world, this area, this family, that situation is praise and thanksgiving. Now that invite for those who've responded to Christ, we're going to pray one more time. At the end of that prayer, I invite you to come up and to talk. I'm opening these altars up for all of you. If God is dealing with you, Can I, can I get you to move out of your, your way? I know I'm burning bridges here, but I'm just going to say, friend, I, I'm telling you. If there's something he needs from you today, it's something that you might, 
this place. This place. And I invite you to find that place of prayer. That place of thanksgiving. Not for you looking for him to do something, but just to thank him for who he is. And to praise him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, sanctified is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be on earth as it is in heaven. So give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into trespassing, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, it's the power, and it's the glory. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I hear it no more. I want you to understand what it means to have a child like mine, which is in my book, Christ has a child like mine. Now, this doesn't mean childish, childlike. You, you realize that children accept things, right? They're, they're not, they're, they're just, that's just what, you know, <laughs> kids are going to, they're going to go to Disneyland. Disney World, 
get to turn around to you and say, are you sure we can serve God? Oh, they're just about ran and pulling like all those rocks about you. Do you realize that's the childlike mind? The mind of acceptance. Christ will say over and over, unless you become like one of these, what's not going to happen? You can't enter the kingdom of God. You're not going to see the physical manifestation of, of... Okay, let me just run this one because that childlike produces. I wish I had time to go into all that I want to say here, but there is something called a fortress here. And all I can say, I'm just going to tell you what it does, what praise does, is it creates a fortress of protection. Now, I'm not trying to come up with some crazy idea that, you know, if I praise God, then nothing's ever going to happen to me. You're going to lose your hair when you get older, too. You're going to have things happen. Things will take place. But no weapon formed against you can prosper. There is a fortress that literally, do you, do you realize it is a protection from the enemy, but it is also from where you go out to do battle with the enemy. You go out to meet them. It's done. It's over. It is, it is, it is a fortress that praise creates. And I'm saying to this house, as never before, let it become a fortress of praise. A fortress that changes the atmosphere of, yes, this area, but out to where we go. Would somebody say amen? It is well with my Just lift him up.